guys, Derek here from Bomb Socks, and welcome to the Bomb Bites podcast. Hey, if you're new to Bomb Bites, it's a service from our company, Bomb Socks, to help be a resource to use. You're studying along with the Come Follow Me curriculum for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hope you enjoy today's episode. So we left off yesterday in kind of a rough situation. We had the marriage of Hosea the prophet and Gomer, a wife of whoredoms, and she's going off, like it said, a whoring after other gods. Uh, We left off where it said that she is a backsliding heifer, right? And that is very symbolic of what you and I are, right? I thought it was interesting when you actually look at the names Gomer and Hosea. So Gomer means end, complete, or whole, which means that's kind of what happens to us. We just keep ending this and it's not always going well, right? But you've got Hosea, which is a root of the word Hoshea, which is Joshua, which is also Jesus. And Jesus means one who saves. So when you've got someone who is trying to end this relationship and then keeps trying to come back, you have got a savior who wants us back and chooses us. I love some of these other verses in Hosea that teach us about how much Jehovah wants us to stay with him, even though we keep going all over the place. Look at chapter 2, starting about verse 14. It says, Therefore, behold, I will allure her, meaning the her being us, right? Allure means to attract and to bring her into the wilderness, and I'm going to speak comfortably unto her. What a wonderful thing there to be able to have someone who has gone away and to have that person attract you and and love you and allure you and speak comfortably to you. You know, I think about what things the gospel of Jesus Christ attracts. You know, the, the nature of eternal families, the opportunity to have eternal life, to be able to become like God. Those are very attractive doctrines, to be able to become like him, to be able to learn the way he learns and to be able to, I, I just, I think about those things. I think that's a very alluring and attractive doctrines. You go to verse number 15. I will give her her vineyards from thence, the valley of Achor. You click on Achor. This is not the first time we've seen this word in the Old Testament. Uh, Achor means trouble. The valley of trouble for a door of hope. That reminds me of Isaiah 61, where it talks about beauty for ashes, where I'm going to give you this in exchange for this. How awesome is that, that the Lord's going to provide us a door of hope from a valley of trouble. I love that. Verse 16, it shall be at that day, saith the Lord, that thou shalt call me Ishi and shalt call me no more Habali, right? Here's where footnotes come in handy. Ishi means my husband and Bali means my master, which is interesting because it's like, you're no more going to call me your master. You're going to call me your husband, right? Which is interesting because, you know, we've talked a lot. I don't know about you guys, but we've talked a lot about how we're to a point in our lives where I think we need to get from our transactional faith to more of a transformational faith. Stop this master and servant idea and let's go with this covenant relationship, trying to build our faith to the point where it is no longer this Bali, Baal, which is actually translated to one of the worst gods that Israel would would worship. So stop it with the master and you're now my husband. That's that covenantal relationship. I love that. In fact, verse 17, along those same lines, for I will take away the names of Balaam, which again, that God that, that Israel was so notorious for worshiping. I'm going to take that name out of her mouth. They shall no more be remembered by their name. And then that verse 18, in that day, I will make a covenant with them, where it means I'm going to make them lie down in safety. That covenant provides safety. 
safety. Verse 19, I will betroth thee unto me forever. The footnote takes you to the Abrahamic covenant by the word betroth. I will betroth thee unto me in righteousness and in judgment and in loving kindness and in mercies. There's that word loving kindness, which we see in the Old Testament, almost exclusively in the Old Testament. It's that hesed that we've talked about before, that love that is so undeserved. Um, I came across a Christian blog that, that was talking about this idea, and it literally calls this loving kindness, this hesed, calls it covenantal love. Hesed is the sort of thing that we see in the best of friendships, in the most enduring marriages, in athletic teams that band together to achieve a goal, in soldiers who stick together through hell and high water, partnerships in business or nonprofits that attain their highest goals while upholding honorable relationships. God's love, his hesed, is so strong for his people that he will do whatever it takes to recapture them with his love. There's that allurement that we talked about. And when we begin with that love, mercy, and faithfulness of God, it should change who we are and how we live. So that loving kindness, again, we could talk for days about that. That is that kind of love that has said that covenantal love. Verse 20, I will even betroth thee and me in faithfulness, and thou shalt know the Lord. There is a footnote there to John 17 where it's a very familiar verse from Jesus. This is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. When you get to know the Lord, you want to stay with him. You remember the children that we talked about in the first chapter, Jezreel, which means God will sow. Well, God is going to continue to work on that relationship and you and I must do the same. You remember the other two kids, Lo Ruhama and Lo Ami? Well, verse 23, I will sow her unto me in the earth. I will have mercy upon her that hath not obtained mercy. That's that low ruhama. It means not having obtained mercy. The Lord's like, uh-uh, I got mercy for you. I got all kinds of mercy. And I will say to them that were not my people, which is that low ami from that previous chapter, thou art my people and they shall say thou art my God. That's good news for you and I. You go over to chapter three, verses two and three. I bought her to me for 15 pieces of silver for an homer of barley and a half a homer of barley. I said unto her, Thou shalt abide for me many days. Thou shalt not play the harlot. Thou shalt not be for another man. So will I also be for thee. Jehovah keeps paying for all of the difficult things that Gomer went out and purchased. He takes care of those for her. I love that. Now, you remember how at the end of yesterday's episode, how it talked about how Israel's playing the harlot and she is the backsliding heifer. You go over to chapter 10. This is verse number 11. It says, And Ephraim is as an heifer that is taught, than love to tread out the corn, but I passed over upon her fair neck. I will make Ephraim to ride, Judah shall plow, and Jacob shall break his clots. A little confusing there, so let me take you to a couple other translations that might help with that. The NIV says this, it says, Ephraim is a trained heifer. Now, I like that. Rather than the backsliding heifer, you got a trained heifer that loves to thresh, meaning move around a lot. It's kind of an easy job for a heifer to be able to do that. So I will put a yoke upon her fair neck. I will drive Ephraim, Judah must plow, and Jacob must break up the ground, right? In order to go through this, there's got to be that change. There's got to be that repentance. Verse 12 is so cool. Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord. Fallow is a word that I don't use very often, but some of the synonyms, uncultivated, unplowed, untilled, unplanted, unsowed, unseeded, dormant, empty, untended, inactive, that's an interesting word to use here, 
quiet, slack, slow-moving, idle, inert, depressed, barren, unproductive, unfruitful. The Lord's like, it's time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. And the best news ever, you go over to chapter 14, verses 1 through 4. Oh, Israel, return to the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen in thine iniquity. Take with you words, turn to the Lord, say unto him, take away all iniquity and receive us graciously, so we will render the calves of our lips. Here's another translation that might help with this one. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, forgive all of our sins and receive us graciously that we may offer the fruit of our lips, the calves. And even there's another translation where it talks about like bulls and things like that, where it's like, look, the sacrifice I want to offer to you is showing you and telling you how much I love you and how grateful I am for you. Verse three, Ashur, or Assyria in the footnotes, shall not save us. We will ride no more upon horses, neither will we say any more to the work of our hands. Ye are our gods, for in thee the fatherless shall find mercy. Verse 4, I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely, for my anger is turned away from him. That's the cool thing about the book of Hosea here. It is. It's, it's allegorical in the sense where you've got... You've got Israel, you and I, who are constantly backsliding, and the Lord continues to want to choose us. We just have to do the same thing and decide to choose him as well. I love the book of Hosea. There's so much in here. Take some time to really study it out. You're going to see some cool things in here. What we talked about today is absolutely true. If you'd like to check out our video that goes with today's podcast, you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook by simply searching Bomb Socks. That's B-O-M-S-O-C-K-S. And be sure to check out our amazingly comfortable gospel-themed socks at bombsocks.com. Thanks for listening, and hope you'll join us again for more episodes of Bomb Bites. Godspeed, and have a great day.